I know, parenting is hard. (laughs) I get it. Between the snuggles and the kisses and the laughter and the tickles, of course, there's some hard things that have to happen in raising tiny humans. And Pam Snyder, today's guest, is an expert in it. She's actually a master parent coach and a gentle baby and child sleep specialist, which is an amazing combination from birth on up into those crazy teenage years and even beyond, honestly. But really, she even has taught me to reparent myself, which if you have any childhood trauma, you know the importance of that. And so she helps with tantrums. She helps with sibling rivalry and difficulties and family transitions and Oh gosh, hundreds of other families in the last decade she's supported in so many different, you know, issues, if you will. We've all got them. It's okay. I'll raise my hand alongside you, but Fruitful Families Coaching is meant to serve you, and that is what she does abundantly through the heart, through the lens of our Father in Heaven, and it is special. And so I hope that you tune in. You're going to gain some amazing nuggets in today's conversation, but also go follow her podcast. It's called Shameless Parenting. We all need more of it because I have no regard to be able to guess or shame or anything you. (laughs) I can't think of the right words, but you understand no pointing fingers because that means three is pointing back at me. The end of the day, I celebrate you friend. I celebrate you doing this hard, but blessful, blissful and blessful as you get that job. It's a, it's a gift. So Thanks for tuning in to the Fit and Babe podcast. Be sure to leave a review. Follow us if you're not already and give Pam some love. We would love to connect with you. We're in the community together and it's been a joy. Welcome to the Fit and Faith podcast. Fit is an acronym representing founders, innovators, and trailblazers who are looking to live a life wholly, fully, authentically, and truly fit. A space for us to connect on the raw, real stories of mind, body, and soul alignment of entrepreneurs and kingdom leaders. I'm your host, Tamara Andress, and this podcast isn't like the cookie-cutter interview experience. I've been coined the entrepreneurial rabbi, and so we do go there, unscripted. No matter how far, wide, deep, or high the there is, my desire is to see people rise from the inside out into their greatest calling by sharing their truest stories, talents, and tips. As a purpose activator and brand builder, I believe our successes and failures are derived from who and whose we are, not what we do. But strategy and vision are equally as important to the mission. So let's cut to the chase together and get fit in faith. Hello, hello. I am so excited for this show today with the one and only Pamela Snyder, my dear friend, and an expert in all things parenting. And I know that there is utter grace and also surrender as she hears that because Lord knows when you're in the midst of motherhood, it doesn't matter how much wisdom or expertise or education you have, there are some moments where we need to practice breath work. <sighs> So I'm excited that you're here to bring peace and a shameless parenting experience today mm-hmm. for all of the mamas and dadas and soon to be or um, long, long removed, right? And thinking through all of the different realms of parenthood and families and fruitful families. So Pam, I'm so grateful to have you here. Mm, I'm so honored to be here. Thanks for having me. It's going to be so good because if you guys didn't know, Pam has also already been on the podcast, which is very rare. There's only two people ever in all of the longevity of the Fit and Faith podcast who have been on the podcast twice, and you're the second. So I'm excited because- you you have so much to give, so much value to give. And the first one was really from a realm of like experiencing coaching with me. And though you got to share, there was so much more and breadth of knowledge that you bring that I'm excited for people to be able to hear. So for those who are tuning in live, we see you. We're grateful for you. Feel free to drop any thoughts or ideas or questions yes. for a master parent coach who's going to talk to us about how she fell into this experience and God continues to reveal himself through the programs that she offers and her wisdom as she develops. So Pam, let's, let's hear the backstory. Let's hear about like your maybe evolution into desiring to do this for the world, for the kingdom, um, and what your parent journey has been like. Yes. Oh my goodness. There's a lot to unpack there, right? Truth. <laughs> Ooh. Um, okay. So first and foremost, um, I, 
uh, started out, you know, all of us leave college um, and think we know what we're going to do with our lives, right? Or don't don't even make it the college route because we're not sure what we're doing with our lives. And I knew for a very long time that I was called into ministry. Um, I just didn't know what that would look like. Um, in our day and age growing up, there was not a whole lot of women pastors. If they were women pastors, they were children's ministers. So that's the route I went. <laughs> um, so we, I actually started in elementary education, then moved into healthcare for a little while, um, had my first kiddo. Um, and back, this was about 16 years ago, there was not a whole lot on parenting. There were a few parenting books, really few Christian parenting books, especially those that aligned with the way I wanted to do things. And I knew then there was a little seed planted of there's a there's a vacant spot here. There's help is needed here. And God planted that seed, but didn't really there was no, no fruition from it. And years down the road um, ended up having my second baby. Uh, was in ministry at this point, working for the church, doing children's and women's ministry. And it was so abundantly clear at that point that there were so many women really struggling with faith as a whole, where their influence was wanted, needed, appreciated, as well as how do we do this parenting journey and raise our children in Christ really well? There was not resources for it. Um, and our generation started sort of the generation of the lack of community a bit. Um, there wasn't as much moms helping moms or or um, generational households. We were sort of on our own figuring this out. And so as I walked into that, I first knew that there were so many mamas struggling with sleep. And I was one of them. And being sleep deprived brings us to such a place of desperation, of darkness. Um, people don't link the lack of sleep with what it does to our nervous system and what it does to our soul, what it can sometimes do to our faith. Um, the amount of moms in pure desperation, feeling like failures, feeling like they weren't called to this motherhood piece, um, it was heartbreaking. And I could sit right beside them in the rocking chair, 3.30 in the morning, sobbing over my child, thinking, I must have heard wrong. I must have heard the call wrong. Um, and so in that space, God just really took that seed that he had planted many, many years ago and said, it's the time. It's the time. And I actually had very dear friends in the church in New York City at that time um, that spoke over me and said, I'm hearing God tell me that this is the time of harvest. Oh, like, wow. Oh, this. Yeah. So cool. And thank God for affirmation, right? Yeah. Oh, gosh. So grateful. Thank God. So this space that I'm learning more and more every day um, where Christianity, um, the gospel, really specifically, um, the freedom of the gospel, the shamelessness of living in the gospel and parenting and motherhood and just being a woman who believes in the gospel and believes in the Lord meet. This murky water place um, is where I exist and where I coach from um, and seeing the beauty in what happens in a family and what happens in children, in what happens in parenting when we are living from this place of Tamara and I talk a lot about embodiment of embodying the gospel, literally living in the shamelessness and running the race for Christ, what that does in our homes, what that does for our children and what that looks for or looks like meshed with the scientific research principles of gentle parenting. How wow. about that? <laughs> Well, there's a lot to unpack. I mean, oh I was thinking through just like the first component of uh, women kind of being boxed into the fact that we're meant to only run in the children ministry realm. Yeah. So there's a whole conversation about that. Yes. And 
And when I remember when I had little ones and I first went to a church with two toddlers and I was in a a space of desperation at that point, I was broken. I was definitely sleep deprived. Right. And I definitely think speaking just to the importance of sleep, not just for your babies, but the sleep for you as a mom or a parent is really critical. But I remember they wanted me to volunteer in the nursery. And I remember feeling shame over the fact that I don't want to do that. I feel bad for the people who are in there because they're doing it week by week by week. But I literally had to say, I actually need to be in the service. Like yes. I, I, I need this distance from my child at this point. Yes. I also need to hear what God is saying. I need to worship. I need to just be poured into in this season of feeling completely like I was always pouring out into my kids and my marriage at that point. And feeling that sense of shame in the church with this is not where you're going to, you know, necessarily put your time and energy, but you're so good with kids. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm good with kids, but I need a break, right? I I get that. I know that I could teach. I know that I could be the preschool Sunday teacher. I know I'd be great at it, but right now this is not my season to do that. And so I ended up volunteering in like the tech side and doing like keynote, um, you know, the presentations and and the worship songs and stuff like that. But I was able to still serve in a different place than where they wanted me to be placed because I was like anywhere that I can be inside the service, I want to show up, but I can't be with the kids. I'm going to go nutty if I have to drive back another 30 minutes after just spending with crying babies. And so I think there's a whole conversation to that. And I would love to hear like, how do we step out of one positioning women only in that frame of mind when it comes to our kiddos associated to the church? And then simultaneous to that, like, what do you speak into the mom who has the mom guilt for not wanting to be with their kid all the time? And and I want to make sure that we're gender neutral in this because you serve men as well. You serve, and I think dads have this same sense of feeling depending on what placement they are in their realm as a parent. Um, So I'd love to hear your feedback. Absolutely. First, touching on that, you know, I'm able to give my testimony from a place of a mom, from a place of a woman. But my heart for fathers and what men as a whole, uh, what the male um, fatherhood piece as it evolves here in this beautiful season of realizing how much men can do, are doing, that we're both living in this stigma. Um, so much compassion for that's both good. sides. That's good. Um, and what it comes down to is parenting as a whole. We all feel guilt. Um, it's it is the most driving force in our parenting is what I'm learning. Um, The amount of parenting decisions um, that are made out of this guilt, shame filled place, as opposed to this place of freedom and, um, and just joyfulness. uh, That's where we need to shift the perspective, actually living in the freedom of Christ. Um, But as to the question about, women in the church and this position that we're put in often, it's getting better, right? Yes. Um, Thank the Lord. (laughs) Always, always showing up from a place of compassion and curiosity comes first. And first and foremost, that comes towards ourselves as parents, as women or fathers, men coming from a place of compassion and curiosity. Why? Why, why am I being asked to do this? Is it truly my zone of genius? Is it truly my realm where I'm called to serve? Or is it simply because, right, there's the, um, I think it's called the lullaby, the lullaby principle, um, where because we've heard it so long, we've seen it done this way so long, we're just accepting it. We're just accepting it. Um, There was a great sermon given by the pastor at my church the other week about this, about how we just we fall into these ruts often in the church of because it's been working and it seems to work. We just continue going that direction. And the same thing happens with parenting um, as women that we're put into these categories and we stay there because there's comfort there. There's discomfort in growth. So. First, looking at it with curiosity and compassion. Why am I here? Why, why are we in this place? And then looking at it with compassion as, did that make sense? It makes sense that that's where women have served and 
but where am I actually being called? And what does it look like to move into that space in the freedom of the gospel and that we can do all things through Christ and that growth and change is actually part of the gospel? Well, I think a huge component of growth and change that I've witnessed is, is this knowing that like dads actually have a massive responsibility. Like, and I think because we carry them literally physically, um, carry the child that it for some reason supersedes like that our opinion or our ability to mother is more important than the ability or the need for the father to be there, especially if the father has taken on the provider role in the sense that they're at work more. And so the wife is at home and I'm not pro one or the other. My husband would love if he got to be a stay at home dad, he would just, he wants to do it and he will. I'm going to retire him soon. Don't you worry. (laughs) Uh, That's the hope that's on my goal list uh, on our vision board. But it's this knowing that there is an equal importance, like such an equal importance. And it wasn't really until I came into my faith aligned to my parenthood that I understood the value that he brought to the table when it came to nurturing our children. Because nurturing and empathy and forgiveness and love and cuddles, you always think go towards the mom. But what power it has brought and what comfort it has brought to witness my kids experience that from their father versus the father playing the role of um, provider, um, disciplinary, um, you know, all the like masculine roles where if he can lean in, if she can lean in, both me and him can lean into our masculine and feminine character traits that God has created and ordained us to have. It allows for so much more, I think, and peaceful parenting peace in the home because they can trust you in both sides. They can trust you for the discipline. They can trust you for the correction, we'll call it, but they can also trust you for the comfort. And so talk to us about like your research in that and knowing like we're that concept of like, we're living in a fatherless nation. We hear this a lot through church. Why, how do we change and grow into what I believe God called us to when it came, comes to shameless parenting? Absolutely. And this is why I'm in this realm, right? So there's a lot to unpack here as well, but where where it really lands is there are two concepts. The concept of gentle, peaceful parenting is born from something called empowered parenting. So the old parenting model um, that we saw that was claimed as biblical from that lullaby principle, right, was called power over or authoritarian parenting. And what this means is that we use consequences and shame and punishment to teach. Um, There's a lot more that goes into that. But again, compassion and curiosity from that space. It made sense at that time. It made sense. This is the stories they were being told, the stories we tell ourselves. Gentle parenting comes from the position of empowerment. We want to empower our children. And what happens when we say that quite often is that it triggers something in those of us that have been conditioned in power over parenting, that that equals entitlement. We are not, we are not saying that empowerment equals entitlement. What we are looking for is to raise children in Christ, in love, in all of the fruits of the spirit that are able to make decisions that on their own, that represent the love of Christ. The way that is done is through modeling. So biblically, the word discipline does not mean punish, consequence, um, isolate, put, put someone in a corner to look at a wall. It means to bring in and to teach, to nurture. That's what disciple means. That's how Jesus taught Jesus lived the gospel. He lived the love of Christ. He lived empowerment. He left the woman at the well empowered. He didn't say go, you know, he he never even told disciples specifically, go put on your shoes, go put on your clothes. (laughs) Go take a time out, close your door, go to your room. Yeah. Yeah. What he did was empower people. He empowered them to want to share the gospel. He empowered them to have this joy and freedom and run this race. That is gentle Christian parenting. 
It's saying, I will disciple you. I will model this love. I will bring you in and nurture you. We've talked a lot, Tamara, about my stance on there is such a, such a, um, gosh, I don't know how, an enmeshment with the way that we honor our children's mistakes. Mm. The way that we realize we are all fallen. We are all sinners. And that as children are learning, they're not failing, they're learning. These mistakes are learning experiences. Will there be times it feels like they're doing it on purpose? Sure, sure. And that's something we walk through in the whole gentle parenting realm. The stories we tell ourselves as parents when our kids make mistakes. Because that's what it comes down to is how are we reacting to the stories we're hearing in our head when our children are making mistakes? And us showing up in that space with this unconditional love of the Heavenly Father and saying, wow, what are you feeling right now? What's happening right now that that just happened? And how can I help? How can I love you in this space? How can I show up in this space and we can do it better next time? How can we create an environment in our home and in our parenting that our children run to us? when they've done something wrong instead of away from us. And the importance of that is that that's how they learn to run to the heavenly father. We put an end, a generational end to their being shame with mistakes. Mm, This is so good. And so connected to a lot of my learned lessons as a child and my learned lessons as a parent and being on the other side of what discipline versus disciple means. And I loved how you said empowered parenting does not equal entitlement. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that there's this huge conversation happening that our kids are entitled, Mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot happening to giving them too much of their ownership, too much of their own ability to make decisions and and have choices when they're so young. Absolutely. Um, And they're so young, like, right? Like they don't have the ability to conceptualize. They have nobody who's asking them these hard questions. Tell me what you're feeling. Tell me why did you decide to make that decision? Tell me more about that. Tell me who helped you say yes to that choice and why were you associated to them, right? Like learning about friendships connected to inner turmoil and inner stories. And it's really changed my perspective as I see my kids get older. And I love the the vision of, you know, obviously it's like the prodigal son, right? Coming back to the father. But recently I've been doing uh, a, a reading called a Rim, around Rembrandt's painting and it's called The Return of the Prodigal Son and his painting, which is world renowned. Uh, it, it often allows ourselves, even that story of the prodigal son to lend ourselves as the prodigal son. Like we can raise our hand and be like, yeah, I remember when I returned to my father. Now I haven't had that return to the father in the fleshly term to my own dad. I yearn for it. I think a lot of Females specifically do, which is why we see some, we could, that's a whole nother conversation. We see some deterioration in femininity too. But the point of this matter is that in that role that the father played, there's actually this whole other sibling experience that's taking place with his other son. And it brought to life the son that did stay at home, the son yes. that did quote unquote follow the rules, the, the son that, you know, was going out and working the farm and, and earned the legacy. And yet there was this unconditional love of the father that it didn't matter which choice the child made. He loved them both endlessly. And so recognizing that you might have the wild child and you might have the really sweet and innocent child who's probably still wild, but they're just not telling you, right? It's in secret. And so bringing these different facets and features of who they are out and allowing it to be in this shame-free, my friend called it when her kids were little that I thought was so interesting. I remember the first time I saw it, time in instead of time out. And she literally would be like, ah, I really wish you didn't make that decision. That wasn't, you know, it didn't make her feel good. It didn't make them feel good. That wasn't, you know, timely. I'd love for you to just come sit next to me for a little bit. And I was my kids were babies at this point. I was like, what is happening? Because all I ever knew was time out, lecture, stand yes. in the corner, don't yes. touch that ever again. We're not going to talk about it. It just is the rule. This is yes. the rule and therefore you follow the rules. And it totally 
um, made me see how religion was something I couldn't follow. It actually made me fall out of alignment with even Christianity because I couldn't see anybody else exampling what was being written in the word. Mm -hmm. And so this place that you speak to from the gospel and from parenting and that blend reminds me so much of like business and the gospel in business tree that I speak to every day. Mm-hmm. And it's this, this knowing that if we can put them together, how much more joy filled, how much more grace filled and how much more God wants to reveal to us even today as parents, when I've got, haven't gotten it all figured out. Yes. Um, but I, I love the way that you you put all these different words together that I had never actually heard before. So I hope people are taking notes. I had to pull my notebook out because I wanted to make sure <laughs> I kept note to it um, to bring light to it through through this and the difference between authoritative parenting and that grace filled, empowered parenting, peaceful parenting is so powerful. Absolutely. And you used the word I love when you used the word earning, you know, the son that stayed home and felt like he was deserving. He had earned it. He worked so hard. And this power over parenting model of rewarding and consequences for behavior versus identity. So rewarding behaviors causes this constant striving mentality, this constant, oh, maybe if I do this, it'll work. Oh, maybe if I try this, it'll work. Or just this the rat race mentality, right? That we're running through quicksand. It's exhausting. And it leads us to a place where we can't find our identity. We no longer who we were made, we no longer know who we were made to be. So instead speaking into your children, not necessarily complimenting what they're doing, complimenting and speaking into them who they are. So I say so often, it's actually a really good Let's do a lesson here real quick. Something (laughs) called sports casting. I'm sure some parents know what sports casting is. What sports casting is, is simply saying what you see going on. I see you doing, you know, drawing that cat purple. What an interesting color. Giving attention to what they're doing, but the, the compliment coming in the character. So I love how you have sat and worked so hard on this. Look how long you've stayed focused. Wow, I see you. Recognizing the character traits, calling out the character traits that you see in your children, as opposed to the striving of earning. What happened in that brother of the prodigal son then, right? Resentment, jealousy, envy, all the things that Jesus came to end. And so when it comes to siblings in the home, not making it about the doing, it's never about the doing, it's about the being. Who are they being? Who are your children being in that moment? What does their being offer your family? And how does it help your family thrive? Our family wouldn't be the same if you weren't so compassionate, Waverly. Our family wouldn't be the same, you know, Cooper, if you didn't have this joy in this life that you bring to every day. Those pieces are the pieces we want to be calling out. And it's just, it's so pivotal to not make our love, our affection, any of those pieces earned. Mm, that is so not the love of our powerful. There's two things that I wanted to take note to because uh, Pam has been such an influence to our lives as parents and also just like the knowing that there's other people doing it, right? Um, and that we, we kind of look crazy sometimes. Like people oh, are yes. like, that is not the way I would respond to that. Why aren't you reprimanding him, oh, right? yes. And I remember that a lot, especially when he was little, where he he couldn't control his temperature, or his temperature, his temp, um, what am I trying to say? Temper. temper. I was like, wait, now I can't say it. His temper yeah. or yeah. his energy level or yes. any of those things. And that it was conducive for the fact that he needed a timeout. He needed to be reprimanded. Um, and or my daughter on the opposite end who was like, why isn't she speaking up for herself? Why isn't she talking? Why isn't like, she's not responding to me. I'm talking to her. Right. And it was just that she was shy, which I also don't like to speak out these like phraseologies over the kids but call out their greatness. But to think through without doing that, how we've allowed that life or that compassion or those components to them to really thrive and shine because we didn't reprimand them in the process. Um, A quick example that is associated to all of these things is even now as they've grown, my son, for instance, he'll get in the car right after school and he'll just vomit all the things that he did wrong that day. (laughs) 
And oh, it's oh. the cutest thing. Cause you're like, Oh, and like, of course, immediately you're like, Oh my gosh, why didn't the teacher tell me about this? Or I don't know that that's the best thing that should be happening at school. Or you're thinking of all these stories, yes. but instead we're just like, wow, you know, thank you so much for being honest. How did that make you feel? How does it feel right now? And he's like, I've been holding it in my belly all day. Right. And so thinking through just that grace filled space, I don't even have to reprimand him. He's done it to himself. Like when we do something wrong and we're carrying guilt, it's enough punishment half of the time, right? Absolutely. That if we can bring air to it and we can then just extract what was, what were you thinking? Why did you do that? What can we do next time? What would be a better way that we could respond? It gives them such grace and safety as a parent rather than feeling like they have to flee run and hide and then carry that to their deathbed. And I remember as an adult being like, so remember that one time, like, and sharing with my parents now what I was doing, feeling, experiencing as a child that I never felt like I had the opportunity to share because I was going to get in trouble at that time or that they were going to, you know, continue to lecture me or I was going to lose my phone or any of those things. Um, so I just wanted to bring life to the fact that there is another way to do it. And even as you were talking, I was thinking through the the spelling test that we have every Friday. Mm-hmm. We practice every day, the spelling words on the way to school, on the way home, a part of their homework. And when they get them all right, or they miss a couple, Gary always will get down at their level and be like, so how was it today? What, what did you get on your test? Did you get, you know, your, your 12 out of 12, your 10 out of 10. And you know, they're super proud when they get them all right. He's like, that's awesome. Do I love you anymore? Because you got a 12 out of 12 is the question that he asks. And I always say, no, they're like, no, you don't love me anymore because I'm smarter today. Do I love you any less because you missed one or two? And they go, no, you love me more. And because we say, I love you more every minute. Right. And it doesn't matter what your actions are. We just love you. And that's the father's role in that prodigal son versus the son who stayed home. And so encouraging parents to then you get one wrong, you have a tough day, you make a wrong decision, you, you know, get called out by the teacher and you don't get the sticker for the day. What if that's the day that you take them to ice cream? What if that's the day that you cuddle up closer and you have a movie time that you don't usually do, or Mm -hmm. that's the day that you celebrate just who they are, how that would change their perspective on choosing what's right versus wrong or just choosing the grace way the next time, but knowing regardless, they're fully loved that they can trust you. And it's not based on just behavior that you love them. Yes, absolutely. The most powerful thing you can do to unlock your greatness and step into your next level of abundance is to get in the room with others who have been where you want to be and perhaps are going where you want to go. But oftentimes, we can put ourselves in the wrong room based on exterior vantage points. What they wear, where they go, what they do. When we know in our heart of hearts that we should be following people, standing along people who are aligned in true wealth. Stop feeling alone in the journey of growth as a business leader and an entrepreneur who loves God. Stop struggling to find the right answer when it's already been written. Stop giving up on the desires of your heart when God placed them there with intention. Stop standing in this lack mentality when your prosperity is critical for all of us in the kingdom. Come, find a seat at the table at the most impactful faith-driven business conference you will ever experience. Alongside ministry-driven marketplace leaders, you will evolve, unlock, and activate your next level. That just sounded like a video game. This is not the meta, okay? This is your IRL, your in real life chance to be in the room with some of the greatest kingdom entrepreneurs of our time. Founders, innovators, trailblazers who are God-centered are coming together to grow their business for God's sake. And that's an inside-out job. You will leave this three-day intensive with action plans, new income strategies, fresh mentalities towards business and life integration, and a sense of freedom that will have others magnetized to what you are selling by the way you freshly and uniquely serve. It's happening on November 4th through the 6th, 2022 in Nashville, Tennessee, with a highlight VIP event on November 3rd. 
There are seats at the table for you, but they will go fast. It's a limited reservation. So get your tickets now at growforgod.com. Again, that's growforgod.com. I cannot wait to hug your neck. I cannot wait to see you there in person. I cannot wait for this energetic room to just light up the world because that's what we're going to do when we leave this conference. But you got to be in the room. IRL, let's go. When we're talking about living in this freedom as parents and offering this freedom to our children, none of us will be able to run and live in full freedom without safety. It just will not happen. We will hear it. We will hear it and we will want it. We will long for it because it's how God created us. But there has to be this atmosphere of safety. And that is the, the main difference between authoritarian parenting and this gentle parenting concept, this gospel-centered parenting concept. Um, and that when we create these places of safety and belonging, oh, like my favorite word on the planet. We have a sign in my house that says, you belong here. Um, this, this place where a child can come, just like Gary expresses, in my house, we say, um, is there anything you could do to love that would make me love you more? No. Is there anything you could do that would make me love you less? No. Will I love you forever and ever? Yes. So just really this the same concept, you know, it doesn't come back to what they do. It comes back to who they are. And we know who they are because we know who the Heavenly Father created them to be. We know he creates things in in perfect beauty and fearlessly and wonderfully. And that is what we call out of them. Um, and that concept, like you said, of failing forward, of every every failure is not a failure. It's a learning period. So shifting that, you know, when, when Cooper comes in the car and says, I feel it in my belly and it feels so good to get it out to say, so what did we learn? That is an awesome learning experience. Shifting the perspective to like, I'm so glad that happened. Awesome. What do we have wow. to learn from that? Oh, so good. Um, and we will call them epic learning experiences when they were really bad, like maybe really <laughs> embarrassing. You know, my magnolia will be like, it was so embarrassing. I'll be like, it's an epic learning experience. How awesome. Um, you know, just really shifting the perspective from shame and how, why did I let that, you know, the stories that we tell ourselves, these limiting beliefs, how could I let that happen? Why would I do a thing like that? Those types of limiting beliefs are born in the place where Cooper and Waverly are right now. And why we have them is because of the lack of safety, the lack of freedom, because this just wasn't this just wasn't a thing when we were kids. So much compassion for our parents who did it the best they knew how and loved us so well. Absolutely. Um, But just offering this space. And like you said, where the dichotomy sometimes comes in is that the father, the man, the provider, quite often in Christianity and in lots of realms, is supposed to be the powerful one. And in compassion, that's because he's supposed to be protecting his household. But shifting that lens with fathers, as Gary has, to that protection should look like safety, not like grit power of you will do this the way I say, you know, in my home, because that's not our father. That's not our heavenly father. So I love the way that you presented that. And just knowing that I always say 80%, 90%, sometimes 99% of parenting is how we show up in the space. Our kiddos are going to show up where they are developmentally, um, age appropriate behavior, all of those pieces that it's so important to know. You were talking a little earlier about expectations and that's a whole nother conversation as well as to what we should truly be expecting from our children. But how we show up, are we regulated? Are we grounded in truth? Are we grounded in the father's love for us? So where you were in that place in children's ministry when your babies were little and you were going, actually, I literally don't have that to give right now. Yeah. So ensuring that we as parents are fully rooted, fully grounded in the Father's love for us, that's just the space we'll show up in. Will we make mistakes? My goodness, yes. I yelled yesterday. It happens <laughs> sometimes. It really, and then yeah. it's how we 
act in that space at that point modeling, I go, I will say to my kids, oh my goodness, that was not a kind way to speak to you. That was not honoring. That was not respectful. I am so sorry. And just sitting in that space of, I'm so thankful for forgiveness. Yeah. So thankful for the safety and the love in this house and speaking that out loud. So they know that, you know, and then I say, what a learning experience. <laughs> I love you. I do you. These yes. six things at once or I'm going to blow. And I think what's really like one of the questions on live right now was how can one relate all of this to God, the father, whether you're a parent or not a parent, it's this knowing that the way we're speaking is us emulating what Jesus did here on earth and what God does for us every single day. And I love that this is being recorded during Holy Week that we get to example just who Jesus was in all of the honoring ways that we can, how he treated his disciples, his friends, the people closest to him is no different than how we would treat our children in some regard. It's like, would you yell out at your friend, right? Would you reprimand them? Would you put them in time out because they came to you after they told you they did something wrong? Like there's, of course, not necessarily this like equality in age, but there's this equality in love to God, no matter where you are, no matter who you are, no matter what the backstory is. And so we can't judge our children based on our expectations or our experience or how we would respond to something. They're different people. Jesus literally responded to each of the disciples differently when they were being silly, when they were choosing the wrong thing. He didn't respond the exact same way. He responded in what they needed. And so that's been one of my biggest learned lessons as a parent is I can't parent Cooper the same way that I parent Waverly. They don't respond. They don't receive the same way. Our conversations are very different. The way we play together is very different. And yet I can still maintain that Jesus-like, that fatherly-like, and I say father with femininity, obviously motherly role in their life based on how God has loved me and God has forgiven me and God has shown up for me. And so um, I hope that speaks to your question, Kelly. And if you want to speak to it as well, Pam, um, just the the modeling that we're doing as we learn who Jesus and God are to us every single day, even more. Yeah. I think speaking to that two pieces, one is that we are all children of God. We are all works in progress. As Tamara says, we are always becoming. And knowing that as we are those works in progress and he is loving us through that and in that way, and none of us are going to be um, perfection on this side of heaven, that, that having that expectation over our children, that's oppressive. Um, that's too much. They, they will never meet that. And that will lead to that striving that we don't want. Striving is the opposite of freedom. They are antithesis of each other. We cannot live in both. Um, And so just really speaking to that if we truly believe the gospel and we truly believe that God has gone before us, he knew our story as he knit us together in our mother's womb, that these little humans have a story. They have a purpose and a plan. God knows exactly what he's doing. And we are simply here to walk alongside him, love them and provide them fleshly safety on this earth. They are an honor. They are a privilege to have. They are not a burden. They are not a a task. They are an honor to get to shepherd. Mm -hmm. And Jesus always treated people with the highest honor, people that other people wouldn't speak to, people that only saw the sin in people. My favorite, one of my favorite, favorite parts of the gospel is when Jesus draws the line in the sand. Yes. And, and you know, let he who has never sinned throw the first stone. Yeah. And that same, that same ideology when it comes to our children, they deserve the same honor and respect that we do. Their mistakes are no bigger, no lesser than ours. Ours are no bigger, no lesser than theirs. And in that same breath, I can feel like just in my intuition and the triggers that are happening in people right now. When we talk about these things, all of the stories come to us like, well, then if there's equality, who's teaching, who's leading, who's what's happening to these children? Remember that grace-filled, gospel-centered gentle parenting is not permissive. Mm. 
Jesus was not permissive. Yeah. So, he did not say, he did not say, go do whatever you want and I'll love you, you know, and it's going to be okay. No, he said, I'll love you no matter what you do, but I will show you the way. And the reason I will show you the way is because I want you to have this. I desperately want you to live in this freedom and love of the father and this story of the gospel. And I want it so much that I will die for it. And I will get all kinds of emotional. So we will not talk about this, but this week always gets me every time. But our heavenly father sent his son to the cross to die a very painful death for us to live in freedom for our children to have that freedom that is not permissive. That is hard. It is hard work for all of us. And so just being open to flipping the switch or flipping the perspective to that allowing someone to become the fullness of who they've been made in Christ, it's not permissive. It's a beautiful becoming in the words of Tamara. It's watching them become It's being witness to their becoming. It's holding space and safety and guidance in their becoming. That's exactly what Jesus did. It's exactly what he did. Jesus washed their feet. He didn't yell at them and tell them, this is how we do this. How dare you? What a poor choice. When man, we read some of those stories in May. Silly is a a good word, Tamara. Hysterical, some of the choices that they made. Yes. Um, but just, do you still have me? Did I cut out on you? No, I'm here for you. You got it. Oh, no. No, I got you fully. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, you're good. Tamara. <laughs> I see you. You're great. Oh, no. She keeps saying, oh, no, but oh, I gosh. see her. <laughs> I don't know why she keeps saying, oh, no, but I hear her perfectly. I oh, see no. you. <laughs> Am I back? Can you yeah, hear me? Yeah, you're here. You're good. Oh my goodness. You're good. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hold on. We're going to try hooking up to a hot spot here. All right. We're going to pop we her fix off it. because she thinks she's not here, but she's with us. And I just want you guys to know that Pam is such a resource. She is a light. She is a life giving. You can hear just by the sweetness of her soul and the way that she speaks that this is not just a fleeting business. This is truly her mission. This is her ministry. This is her business tree here on earth and that God has really ordained and sustained her to serve you, to show up for you, to answer the hard questions when it comes to parenting, to be a space of kindness, to be a space of grace. And so if you are looking and need support in this realm, it doesn't matter if your kiddos are infants or your kiddos are removed from home. If you need to like follow through in the the concept of being a better parent, of serving on a greater capacity, of serving in um, even just understanding your child, you need to be reparented. One of the things I love that Pam has taught me is that she actually helps the parent more than she's helping the child. A lot of people come to a parenting experience and they're thinking, I need you to fix my kid right? You see those shows back in the day, like the kids were acting out wildly and the people would come to fix the kid when really it was, they needed an environmental shift. They needed a mindset shift. We're always supposed to be renewing our minds, even as parents towards the perspectives of what's happening in society. We are living in a hard time as parents. Devices are a real conversation access that our kids have is a real conversation. The educational system is a real conversation. And I know that through this process of parenting, that we can fight these hard battles just as Jesus did in peace. He did it with authority. Yes, but he did it with peace. And so I think that there are some beautiful concepts that even I am still learning and leaning into that Pam teaches every single day. If you guys didn't know, Pam has an incredible podcast. It's called the Shameless Parenting Podcast. Highly recommend you tune into that. She'll also be having a chapter, her chapter in the Joyful Anthology. I know is going to be speaking to this too. I'm giving you a pitch right now, Pam, for all the things that you are and inviting people into your parenting experiences, both in group and one-on-one experiences. So making sure that they get connected to you on Instagram, Fruitful Families coaching and um, really just learning and gleaning from the lessons that you've learned firsthand, but also the studies and education that you've put in. 
as the expert that you are. Oh, thanks, friend. Yes, we love you. We never lost you, by the way. You lost you, but we had full service the whole time. So we're like, she's so cute. She thinks she's gone, but she's here. So I just popped you down and shared all the things. Um, Thank you, friend. So grateful to have you here and just hear your heart and learn even more from you in this moment, as I always do. So we love you. I love you too. I'm so thankful for this space. And I'm so thankful that um, you know, it can be a lonely thing. It can be a, a lonely place when, especially in the Christian community, there's a lot of different parenting philosophies. Um, and so just knowing that if this is something you're feeling in your soul and in your heart and you know is right for your family, you are not alone. We're not alone. Tamara and I sit in this space with you. Um, and there is resources there. There is help. There is knowledge. Um, there are people to walk alongside you in this journey because there's not really, um, you know, we needed models. Um, so that's what we're here for. And I, I honestly know that like how you're teaching and raising up your children and all of these other parents who have children, it's a generational change opportunity for us to stop what was because there wasn't access to this understanding and to really step into a shameless parenting adventure for families to be in freedom as you raise up these kiddos. Like it's so much more fun. I have so much more fun and also so much more grace um, for myself and grace for my kiddos in the process of parenting because of practicing these principles. And so thank you for the wisdom. And I know you're going to continue to provide resources and be a voice to this generation of parents who, who needs you desperately. So thank you. Oh, thank you, friend. Thank we you. love you. Bye y'all. Follow Pam. Bye. Hey y'all. It's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you might even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together, and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and it's going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. Life Audio presents Bridges with Monica Schmelter. That we have an enduring hope that can't be taken away when we are in Christ. And to know that we have that, right? And eternal salvation, because this world can be so busy and so dark that we can forget that, right? Right? Because sometimes I get caught in the trappings of what's going on in my life this moment. And while I have to recognize that, that's not it. Continue listening on lifeaudio.com or wherever you find your podcast.